Hi, welcome to Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood, the podcast for women over 45. My name's Karen O'Connor. I'm a blogger, author, entrepreneur, property developer, mother of four, and I've been married for 30 years. I love health and fitness and anything creative, and I'm absolutely fascinated with personal development and psychology. Join me each week for conversations about life beyond 45. I'll have inspiring stories, lots of guest interviews and tips and tricks to hack our brains so we can intentionally and deliberately create an amazing future for ourselves. If it's your first time here, hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'd love it if you share this episode with your friends on social media and let me know your key takeaways because I'd love to hear them. Enjoy and welcome to this episode of the Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Hi, this episode is all about how to get the most from life. I spoke in the introductory episode about how a few years ago I found myself stuck in a rut and no matter what I did, I couldn't seem to get out of it. I'm pretty energetic most of the time, so this feeling of inertia and not being able to do things was really off for me. But no matter what I did, I just couldn't seem to get out of it. Most people listen to this podcast are probably mothers, so you can relate to what I'm about to say. Because as a mum, a big part of my job involves making sure everybody's okay and everybody's life is running smoothly and getting all of those day-to-day tasks done that need doing around the house. So as a result, my day tends to go something like this. I get up, I empty the dishwasher, I feed the animals, I feed the children, not necessarily in that order. I tidy up, I put the washing on, I make the beds, get the lunches ready, make sure everybody's emotionally set for the day. I check my emails before I go out, send any urgent emails, then inevitably somebody shoves a form from school under my nose that I need to sign or I need to send a quick text message or whatever. And then it's off on the school run or off to work. And before we know it, the entire day's just gone. Pretty soon, another month or year's gone by, And the worst of it is time just seems to go quicker and quicker the longer this situation carries on and the older I get. One of my aunties was convinced that the older she got, the fewer hours there were in the day. Even when the kids get older and don't need so much input, time still seems to go on all of those small things that always need doing. And it means that the stuff that's truly important to me doesn't seem to happen because there isn't the time. I've done a lot of personal development over the years. I've read heaps of books and I've attended seminars on organising your day so that you do do the things that are important to you. And I knew what I should be doing if I was going to feel happy and fulfilled and live a life that I was proud of. I ought to be getting out of bed, creating my day, visualising my future and actively pursuing purposefully what was important to me. Things like making sure I exercised each day and doing the stuff that made me feel good. In other words, I ought to be filling up my own cup and taking care of myself first. I knew all that, but I couldn't manage to actually do it. And the biggest reason was probably habit, to be honest. I was in the habit of making sure that everyone else was sorted out, doing what they needed to be doing, and then getting on with all the little bits and pieces of housework before I did anything else. Parenthood is an exercise in putting somebody else's needs before your own. It's absolutely necessary for human survival. I get it. But there comes a point in our children's lives where, as a parent, that's no longer either required or necessary. The only problem is, 
I felt really guilty if I did things for myself. I don't know how much of this comes out of not being a natural stay-at-home mum. Some people just seem to be born for that role. They love it and all the things that go with it. I didn't. I adore my children, but I don't like being a full-time parent. And I feel guilty even saying that. I did become a full-time parent because the kids asked me to. And I knew that I wasn't putting the time into them that I wanted to. But I hate the humdrumness of stay-at-home parenting. That feeling like for me, I felt like I spent my entire life doing the same things over and over again, never getting anywhere, only being there to make sure everyone else's life is moving forwards and everyone else is happy. I was just on this treadmill constantly doing the same thing. And I feel guilty even saying that. You know, I'm very grateful for the fact that I could stay at home and look after my kids. We were financially okay. I had that opportunity to do that. But at the same time, being grateful and being able to do something doesn't mean that you should do something or that you're going to enjoy it. I'm the kind of person who likes constant change. I love to be learning, trying out new things, creating things, whether that's dresses, artwork, paintings, businesses, food, whatever. I have to be constantly doing new things. Being a stay-at-home parent didn't allow that for me. And I had to constantly remind myself that it was worth it, that my commitment to the kids was way bigger than any desire I had to explore the world and do new things. And it wasn't difficult because I do adore my family. I feel like I'm going on a bit here. I'm not. I'm just trying to make the point that for a lot of us, stay-at-home parenting isn't something while we choose to do it and we're grateful that we do it and we're glad that we do it, it also comes at a cost to us personally. We have to give up certain things in order to do that. And we get in the habit, I got in the habit anyway, of suppressing all of the things that I wanted to do and suppressing all of those needs to do things because the need to be creating things for me is really powerful. And I couldn't do that because I didn't have the time or the energy to devote to it. I got out of the habit. No, I didn't even get out of the habit. I got into the habit of putting what I wanted to do last. I had to clamp it down and shut it up. That was not what I needed to do because I needed to get on with looking after my family. Does that make sense? So a few years ago, I got to a point in my life where the kids were beginning to leave home and they didn't need or want as much input from me as they previously had. The only problem was... I was really out of practice at doing anything other than looking after other people and sweating the small stuff. Like I say, I was in the habit of just suppressing what I wanted to do. The four kids and and my husband, John, kept trying to suggest that maybe it was time that I did something for myself now. They even suggested that I start a business or at least do something that was completely for me and didn't involve anyone else. I kind of knew that I had to do something because I felt like I was wasting my life. I was doing the housework one day and I had this horrible thought that the only thing that could be written on my gravestone was she was really good at cleaning. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's certainly not what I had in mind to achieve with my life. And it's not how I want to be remembered for sure. With all the work that I'd done previously, I knew that I needed to get out of the habit of getting out of bed and just getting on with stuff. I needed to get out of bed and get on with my day in a way that made me feel good. 
at the time, by the time I'd finished doing all the little bits and pieces, the mundane stuff that I was getting out of the way because I didn't enjoy doing them, there was no time left in the day to do anything and I was too tired to do it anyway. The problem with always looking after everyone else and doing things that you don't enjoy doing is that sooner or later you run out of energy. If the only things you're doing are things that drain and deplete you, you can only do that for so long before you run out of fuel. I'd run out of fuel years before this and I've been running on adrenaline ever since then, forcing myself to keep going, forcing myself to keep up with things. It's no wonder I wasn't sleeping and I was exhausted and drained all the time. And the other thing was that I was going through the menopause, which kind of adds to everything anyway. I kept trying to do things differently and create something different for myself, start the day in a different way, trying to focus on myself more, but I just couldn't seem to do it. I just felt like I couldn't move forwards or certainly not do it by myself anyway. Finally, I got onto Amazon and searched for morning routine and bought two books that looked like they might be able to help me. Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod and 100 Shit Hot Journaling Questions by Kat Laterzo. Whatever situation you're in at the moment, whether you're feeling like I was at the time or not, I highly recommend these books. Both books made a massive difference for me and I'll put up links to these books and anything else that I mention in the podcast description on my website so you'll be able to go and check them out. I was so intrigued by the second book, 100 Shit Hot Journaling Questions, that I ended up taking on the author, Kat Laterzo, as my mentor. And it was Kat who really made me see how much this way of doing things that I had, the getting up in the morning and getting on with all the small stuff, how much that was costing me. Several months into the coaching with her, when I promised to do some things the previous week and the week before, and I still hadn't done them, Kat wanted to know why, which is a fair question. As I began to list out the reasons why, I realized that everything that was coming out of my mouth was stuff that wasn't important to me. It was emptying the dishwasher and doing the ironing and loading up the washing machine. And while that stuff needs to get done, it shouldn't be top of my priority list. I didn't want it to be top of my priority list. I remember reading somewhere at the time, if you look at what's in your life, you'll find out what's important to you. Nowhere in my life was taking care of myself or building a business or learning or creating or do anything that I knew were actually the things that were really important to me. All of the stuff in my life was this humdrum stuff. Kat told me that for the next few weeks, I had to get up, get dressed, sit my bum down in the chair, journal, write an article and take care of anything that I had to do around my business and growing my life. Only then could I do anything else around the housework, admin with the businesses or looking after anybody else. No seeing to the kids, no making sure the husband was okay, no checking my messages or emails, WhatsApp, no emptying the dishwasher, feeding the animals or getting the washing in. Just make a cup of tea, sit my bum in the chair and do the stuff that I really truly wanted to do the stuff that energizes me and makes me feel good. It was such a confronting thing to do, to allow the day to start and the kids to get out of bed, even though by this time they were teenagers at the youngest, without me running around doing things. I felt so guilty. I felt like such a bad mother and wife, such a shockingly self-centered person, but I tried it. 
Kat was in a position that I wanted to be. She was successful in a business. She loved the life that she lived and she was moving through it powerfully. I wasn't there, so I had to do something different. It did mean getting up half an hour earlier and I felt guilty about that because it meant that I had to go to bed half an hour earlier and didn't get the time in the evening with my husband and the kids. But when I did do it, the first day that I did it, I got up, got dressed, made a cup of tea, sat down in the chair, did all my journaling, did an article for the website and I got so much done that day, I couldn't believe it. The difference it made focusing on myself and what was important to me first was amazing. By late morning on the first day, I'd got more done with regards to taking care of myself and doing the things that were important to me than I had in the entire previous week. And I still did all of the other things that I normally do that were previously stopping me from doing the things that I enjoyed doing. The other strange thing that happened, well, it was strange to me at the time, it's probably not strange looking back on it, was that I had so much more time and energy for everybody else and I bounced through the rest of my life. The other strange thing, or maybe not so strange if I think about it, was that I had so much more time and energy for everybody else, I just bounced through the rest of my life. A friend of mine later told me that when you become a full-time carer, the first thing they tell you is the most important thing you can do is to take care of yourself first. Unless you take care of yourself, you're not going to be fit to take care of everyone else. It's like when you get on a plane and the safety videos tell you that if there's a lack of oxygen and the mask drop down, you need to put on your own mask before you see to anyone else. It makes sense. But as a parent, we quite naturally put everybody else's needs first. We get into the habit of doing that. And my own needs and desires go on the back burner. And then I wonder why I'm stressed and tired and not enjoying life. But getting up in the morning and doing things this way, doing the things that I enjoy first, is something that actually took a huge amount of effort for me to get into. First of all, I've got to get over the guilt about it. Secondly, it's something that is so habitual you've got to really focus on and consciously change and that can be quite hard even now several years later if I'm not careful I will still do all of those little things around the house before I do anything else just because I don't like doing them and I want to get them out of the way but I've also realized that whatever it is I focus on first thing in the morning that becomes how my entire life feels If I focus on the housework, my life feels that it's just about housework. If I focus on the kids as soon as I I get out of bed, my life feels like it's all about the kids. If I focus on the small stuff that's If I focus on the small stuff that keeps me feeling like I'm on a treadmill, running as fast as I can and getting nowhere, that's how I experience life. But if I get up and focus on remembering what's important to me, being grateful and putting some effort into myself and my own happiness, then everything that's important to me starts to show up in my life and I start to enjoy my life and relax and feel less stressed and more energized. I start to feel like I'm achieving things and that my life is about something meaningful. One of the things that really upsets me and that I really want to change is that I suspect that there are thousands of middle-aged women out there who've given their lives over to raise their kids and take care of their families. They might have been university educated, but they definitely have dreams, probably big ones, but that all just got locked away when they chose to put their families first. 
and they're in the same kind of situation as I was a few years ago knowing it's kind of like there's this locked up potential that's totally untapped. These women are such a wasted resource. These women know how to do a million things and to do them all at once, but they're sitting at home wasting away because they don't believe they can go back into the workforce or start a business or whatever their dreams are because they think they're too old or they've been out of the workforce for too long or whatever other reason, a million other reasons. You might be too tired or too stressed. You just don't have the energy. And the difficult thing is other people believe that too. The skills picked up as a primary caregiver seem to count for nothing on a job application and it's such a waste. The skills required to successfully run a house and raise kids are phenomenal. I don't know whether you ever saw that video that American Greetings, the greetings card company put out a few years ago where they put out a job application that was titled the world's toughest job. I'll put a link to the video in the podcast notes, but seriously, grab a box of tissues because it's an absolute tearjerker. The ad was actually detailing out the job requirements for being a mother. What American Greetings did was they set up interviews with the people that had applied for the job and they recorded their reactions to the job requirements and they went something like this. It's probably the most important job in the world. The title that we have going right now is Director of Operations but it's really so much more than that and the responsibilities and requirements are extensive. You've got to be able to work standing up most or all of the time. You're going to be constantly on your feet, constantly bending over, constantly exerting yourself. So you're going to need a high level of stamina. You'll work unlimited hours a week. It's basically 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, forever. There are no breaks. There's no food at mealtimes. You eat only when your associate is done eating their food. The position requires excellent negotiation and interpersonal skills. Preferably someone with a degree would be suitable for this job, possibly in medicine, but definitely in counselling, finance and the culinary arts. You must be able to do several things at once as your associate needs constant attention and sometimes you have to stay up all night with the associate. If you have a life, we require that you give that up. You must be able to work in a chaotic environment and stay calm in all circumstances. There are no vacations. In fact, at Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's and any other holidays, the workload goes up. And we demand that you carry out all these tasks with a happy disposition. Quite often, there's little or no time to sleep. The commitment you must make is all-encompassing right up to the time of your death. But the meaningful connections you can make, the feeling that you get from really helping your associate, are immeasurable. Oh, and the position pays absolutely nothing. That's what's required to be a parent, but we count it for nothing. It's interesting watching the video because as American Greetings were reading out the job description and the requirements, the applicants were saying things like, that's inhumane. You cannot expect anybody to be doing that. But we do. And yet we count it for nothing when it comes to moving forwards with our lives. And regardless of whether you've been a stay-at-home parent or not, by this point in life, if you're listening to this, you've probably lived for decades and you have the experience and skills that come with that. And they count for more than we give them credit for. If you're feeling stuck or lost or unsure of where you want to go in life, you just know that what you've got right now isn't quite right, then try changing your morning routine. Try changing it to do what you love first. Just do it for a few weeks before you do anything else. 
get up, get dressed, sit your bum in the chair and really create your day, create how you want your life to look. I'm not talking about doing a to-do list here, by the way. Whenever I wrote one of those, I'd just go straight into overwhelm because there was so much to do and it all contained things that I didn't enjoy doing. There was nothing on those lists that inspired or excited me. So based on all of the reading that I've done, this is what I found works for me. I get up and I have a big glass of water. Then I do a short meditation using an app on my phone. I actually use apps quite a lot for this stuff and I'll list them out in the podcast notes so you can go and check them out if you want to. So I get up, have some water, do a short meditation, do a few affirmations and then I spend a few minutes visualizing. I put on some music in the background when I do this and the music that I use has these isochronic tones in it that are supposed to help your brain get into specific patterns, whether that's creativity or focus or idea generation, anything like that. After that, I get up and make a cup of tea and then I journal. I use an app with journaling prompts and then I sit down and I write something. It took me a long time to start journaling. I honestly thought it was a complete waste of time and I certainly didn't want to sit down and write a diary. It just didn't appeal to me. It never has. Recently, I came across an app called Grid Diary and I absolutely love it. Each day that you open has seven questions that it asks you, seven prompts for things to write. Things like, what am I most grateful for? And what did I do for others today? Even how much did I spend today? There are lots of different categories of questions from relationships to finance to work and there are hundreds of different prompts that you can just click on a button, press random and it comes up with a prompt. I found that it makes me think about things that I wouldn't normally think about and it helps me focus on what's important to me. I do tend to start each day with what am I most grateful for just to remind me to be grateful. It's not something that really comes that naturally to me. So I have to remind myself to focus on it. After that, I start writing. I got out of the habit of writing an article. Life kind of got in the way over the last six months, but I'm really noticing that when I do do it, I feel a whole heap better. And once I've done all that, which only takes, well, it can take anything from 15 minutes up to an hour, depending on how much time I have in that day. But when I've done it all, then I get on with everything else. If I have a break from this, when I first start it again, it takes a lot of effort to do it. Every time I get back into my old habit of doing the housework, I'm putting other people first and it's something I fall back into really easily. It's difficult to stop doing it. I just know that when I do put myself first, my life's a lot happier and I enjoy my family a lot more and I'm much more pleasant to be around. The other trick that I've found works for me is to do my to-do list of an evening and then schedule everything into the calendar. What that means is that when I'm going to sleep, I don't have a list of things to do on my mind. It's down on paper, it's in my computer and I don't have to think about it anymore. So I end up sleeping better, stressing less, being more present in what I'm doing and feeling a lot less overwhelmed. I do get annoyed with my calendar sometimes when it keeps telling me what to do, but it does definitely work. No matter where you are in life, if you want something more or something different, try deliberately starting your day to remind yourself of what's important to you. If you're in a similar kind of position to where I was three years ago, or even, you know, I'm still, I feel like Bambi on baby legs, just trying to learn how to walk again. If you're in that position, try doing this. 
the wasted resource of all of these women who are at home feeling like they're not good enough is phenomenal. I do not want that to continue. So that's it for this episode. I've put links to the apps, the books and the other information that I mentioned here in the notes that go with this podcast so that you can check them out yourself. The Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood blog and podcast is about all of those things that confront us in midlife. It's about moving beyond the inertia that many of us feel and creating a new future for ourselves and making the most of life. It's about reaching out to other women who are going through midlife to share both my own and other people's experiences. I'll be speaking to other women about all the things that can hit us when we get to a certain age. Empty nest, breakup of marriages, infidelity, how to deal with your kids' partners, cancer, getting back into the workforce or the single scene, menopause, health and fitness. And for the most part, this will be about how ordinary women are dealing with all this stuff that life throws at us. I can't wait to get started with all this. And please, if you have any ideas for topics you'd like us to chat about, Or if you have an inspiring story that you'd like to share, I'd love to hear from you. And constructive feedback is always welcome. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye.